26th verse. I just want to read two verses until you hear it. John 19, 26. Found it. Say amen. amen. And it reads as such. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing there, he said to his mother, woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this moment. We ask, Lord God, now that you would remove distractions from this place. We ask that your spirit have free reign in us and through us that we might receive a word from you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you were reading from the King James Version, it would have said, Behold thy son. Behold thy mother. Just want to speak to you for a brief moment about behold thy mother. Amen. Everybody ought to just be excited, delighted for the opportunity to honor your mother. I think a lot of times, oftentimes, amen, we, we take for granted mothers until they're gone. Amen. And then we try to figure out how we're going to make it through life. Try to figure out why we didn't gain from the lessons that they taught us. Let me even get closer. Some of us want to know why they didn't leave us with the recipe. Amen. And just so you know, it's been a big debate. I want to try to help settle it. And that is sugar goes on rice, it goes on grits, and it goes on spaghetti. Amen. Amen. But anyway, where would we be? Amen. Without our mothers. I think when I looked at this text and I examined it, I saw some things here that kind of had overlooked. I didn't realize the importance of the words that Jesus was speaking. These were about the third to the last words in those seven words that we often hear around Easter. This was the third and the last of those series and sets of words where he said, behold thy son, behold thy mother. What was he talking about here? You, you, know, you know, what is interesting here is that while Jesus was in this agonizing moment of being on the cross, dying and shedding his blood for us, he was doing something that many of us failed to do, and that was being unselfish. Wasn't thinking about himself. Looked out in the crowd, saw three Marys, one of them being his mother, and he said, I've got to make sure she's all right. Because as was custom then, the, the son was to ensure that the mother was taken care of. You know why many of us can't relate to what was going on here on this cross? I'm not knocking on anybody. I'm not jabbing anybody. Times have changed. Life has changed. But whereas before it was the son's job to take care of the mother, we understand here that in his earthly ministry was concluding at about the age of 33. We also understand that by this time, Joseph was no longer on the scene. We believe he was dead because we don't hear about him anymore so it was his job to do such but the reason a lot of us can't identify with what's going on in this story is because oftentimes and has been the trend for many years in America young adults are now needing the parent to continue to take care of them 
living at home much longer, marrying much later, inability to understand financial literacy. Uh, and let's just be honest, some people just enjoy a free ride. Amen, long as you're gonna give it to them. Jesus was being unselfish. Thought about his mother in this sin. Let me, let me break it down even closer. Let me, let, let, let me modernize it for you. Jesus, in this sense, in this late hour, as we often find, was looking for a GoFundMe. Yeah, yeah, but, 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 but the beauty of in what he was doing was he identified a great source and didn't leave his mother to happenstance. I hope I leave, leave you here today scratching your head, making sure that you've got some of your affairs in order. Uh, uh, because unless you are not on social media, and unless you are under a rock, you'll understand that uh, social influencer died uh, the other day, very unexpectedly. Amen, posting and showing videos one day, and the next day everybody tweeting, so-and-so is gone. Unexpectedly. But is it unexpectedly if the Bible says we, that, that, that we don't know when we're going to pass? So while many of us are sitting around now and we're living life and we're doing all these great things, but yet we have yet to plan for the one thing in life we know that's going to happen. Come on now. How, how selfish it is to live your life with such reckless abandonment that you have the audacity to ask strangers to pay for your funeral. That makes some people mad today. <laughs> how, how sad that is, how dangerous that is. I wanna leave you with a few key points and I hope this helps somebody. When Jesus looked out into that crowd and he saw a disciple, a friend whom he loved, who many say is John. He said, John, I'm leaving this world. He said, behold thy mother. How powerful it is for someone to, to look out and see their good friend and now say, my mother is your mother. I'm going to leave you with this first point. You know what he saw in John? He saw a ride or die. You know why we don't get a whole lot of amens right there? Because a lot of us got friends who are around us only when we got money to spend. A lot of us only got friends around us when we have the party. A lot of us only have, you, you better be mindful of the people who don't clap when you say you done got promoted. But you still calling them friends. He looked out and saw a ride or die. He knew that he could trust this person. It's a sad day when you got 5,000 friends, but, some, but nobody will take you to work when your car broke down. I know I'm talking to somebody. Because if that weren't the case, Uber wouldn't exist. He had a ride. So, so he, he looked out and knew that he had somebody that he could trust. When you look at your circle right now, can you trust everybody in your circle? It's a sad day when you got people in your circle that are not even in your corner. 
you, you better start thinking long and hard. And, and, and I give this consultation when, before we do, uh, uh, when, when we bring people before the church and we say, we're going to invite the godparents up there. You, you can't choose your mama. You can't choose your daddy. You can't choose your grandparents, but you can choose the godparents. And here you bringing up some folk to be godparents, to take care of your child in the event that something happens to you. And when you really settle down under the quietness of there's no more laughter and the party and the music is off, and you look at these individuals that you're calling, about to call and stand before the church and anoint godparents, and you look at them, and they don't even have their life together. When they dig in their pockets and the only thing that comes out is lint. And these are people who you're saying are going to take care of your child in the event something happens to you. But yet now in this hour, they have the inability to take care of themselves. Jesus wanted to ride or die. We look for good time folk. I'm trying to help somebody understand what a ride or die is. It ain't always the person who's going to laugh the loudest or tell the best jokes. It ain't always going to be the one who's just there to, to, to be with you when you're celebrating a birthday party or when you're celebrating a graduation. It's going to be that person who's going to be there when nobody else is around. Who could be there for you if you lost your job? Who could be there for you if you needed a place to stay for 30 days? Oh, we're going to get real quiet now because, see, we're getting real. Jesus was looking out and saw someone that he could trust with his mother. Some of us, we can't even trust him with our dog. You're talking about when you go out of town and you, can, you can't just call up any old body and say, here, watch my dog for a week. He was entrusting in John's care however long his mother was to live. That's a ride or die. Behold the mother. You know what was also sacred about this moment is that in his moment of while he was dying, he had foresight. He understood his responsibilities. He understood that even if he was leaving this place, there were some things he needed to set in order to take care of. This is why it bothers me when I run into people who are 50 and 60 and 70 years old that, 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 that not only don't have life insurance, they don't even have a savings. They don't have anything to pass down, but then they want to have a conversation about legacy, about inheritance about passing on, and then, Lord forbid that we're the main group of people always talking smack about what somebody else has when we are the ones who are not transferring. Try to help somebody. Jesus had foresight, you know why? Because he knew something that we all ought to know. We ain't gonna be here forever. Y'all living reckless and foul and think you're gonna be here for the next 20 and 30 years, and tonight might be your day. Do you realize it's a lot of folk that leave out of their house to go to work and never make it back home? And we still talking about tomorrow, five years down the road. 
Jesus had foresight to take care of his mother. This is so deep and powerful because many of us, and you're talking about taking care of somebody for a lifetime, when many of us right now have the opportunity to even call, text, or send a card to our mother and we fail to do so. You know your mother's grass is knee high, but you offer not to get it cut. You know she can cook a great meal, but needs some help in the kitchen to clean up and wash the dishes afterwards. But all you want to do is show up and get yours to go. Jesus has some foresight because he knew his time was up. What a powerful, power. you know what? How many of us would really want to be John? I'm getting this right now while I'm talking. Would you want to be John? Some of us right now are struggling to take care of our own kids. And you talking about your closest friend saying, here, take care of my mother. It's in the text. He says that it's the word says that from this moment when Jesus did the transfer of power to say this is your mother woman this is your son from that very day she became John's situation. Almost slipped up and said problem. But that became his business. How many of us would want to be John? Crickets. Behold thy mother. Because see, this text right here, when you really read it below, the, beneath what it's really saying, it's telling us we got to get our affairs in order. It's telling us that there's going to come an appointed time that we're not going to be here, and the ones who we love, are they going to be taken care of? But you know what's awesome? While we question whether or not we want to be with B. John, John was awesome in the sense that I believe as Jesus was speaking out to him, he said, I got you. How many got some I got you, friend? Because the text says that from this moment, she went with him for the rest of her days. This is powerful because some of you have loaned somebody $100 and you keep texting and calling them trying to get it back because you need the money. But in this text it says he took care of her for the rest of her days. There's something powerful. There's something to be said of, of, about the quality and character of a person that you have that close. That not only can you trust them, they've got to be ready, willing, and able. This is why I go back to my godparent analogy. Because you got some people who may be really, uh, willing, but they're not able. But guess what? Here's the problem. They'll still say yes. Y'all miss that. Because every time somebody says yes in your life, you're supposed to have some wisdom. You ain't got to accept everything. You ain't got to go in every door that's cracked. You, you, you got to understand the reality and the seriousness of this situation because how do you think he, he would feel in that moment if he was entrusting his mother to someone who couldn't fulfill the job? Somebody better go back and check. Check their circle. Because John said, I got you. 
I, I, I don't care what she needs to eat. I don't care where she needs to go. I don't care how long she needs to stay. He didn't put no stipulation on her. He said, I got you. You better think about, do you have some I got you friends? Because let me flip, flip that. Most of us got some friends that we didn't got got. I ain't talking about that. I mean, when you need somebody, do they got you? So he said, woman, here is your son, son. Here is your mother. And a lot of people try to say that, why didn't Jesus identify this Mary as his mother? Why did he just say woman? Because it wasn't improper during that time to use that term, but I believe in my imaginative mind, he was using that term because he understood that there was a transfer. I'm leaving this world. I'm giving my mother over to you. She'll no longer be mine, she'll be yours. Somebody needs to hear this lesson today that you need to build a better relationship with your mother. Somebody needs to hear in this situation that you need to step up a little bit more to, for your mother. Your mother ain't gonna be here always. Stop keep on worrying about who need to forgive who. Go ahead and make the first step. Now, if they don't receive it, the Bible tell you real quick, if somebody don't receive what you offer, you go ahead and wipe your feet, but it's on you to try and make forth and put forth some effort. Because if you want what God has for you, you got to do what God requires of you. It's time out for the Santa Claus stuff. Because God, to his promise, has a connection that you have to be faithful to the will. A lot of us want the promise without fulfilling the will of God. So I believe this was a sombering moment one that we need to take to heart in this, in this sacred hour. Because somebody in this room is going through some stuff. Somebody in this room is experiencing some things. None of us know what tonight or tomorrow may bring. But do we have foresight? Foresight means that you put some insurance on your car even if you never get in an accident. That's what foresight is. Foresight is, I'm going to write my will now, even though I'm only 40, because I don't know if I'll make it to 41. See, in our community, we are afraid to even sign up as organ donors, because we think as soon as we do, something bad going to happen, and they're just going to let us die on the side of the road. But that's foresight. That's unselfishness. Life insurance is foresight. I, I want to be a bigger blessing to the generation coming behind me because I've had to struggle every year of my life. And if I can leave the people behind me something, not only do I want to leave them money, but I want to teach them what was never taught to me. That's foresight. That's foresight. Foresight is I'm going to give something to someone else even if I never get in return. That's foresight. That's what this text is teaching us. But lastly, this text is also teaching us about relationships. It teaches us to start having some, let me say this, because do you realize that John was the only man that was close to Jesus that was at the cross? The rest of them was women. 
This is why I'm going to tell you how a whole lot of men ain't real men. Because the other men didn't show up because they were afraid. Huh? You got, a, you got some folk in your life that are claiming to be one thing. But when the rubber hits the road, this is why words mean nothing when they don't match up to action. John said, I'm going to show you what I'm about. I'm going to be there. If they capture me and kill me, I'm proving my friendship. I'm proving my love for you. Man, you got some friends right now. You call them BFF. And I guarantee you if they found out that something bad happened to you, you go call them and text. The text is going to sit right there. Then you see them two weeks later. They go, what's the first thing they're going to say? I saw when you had texted me, but. Yeah, I saw that you had called, but. I know you left a voicemail, but. Come on now, you don't need people. You gotta, st you gotta start understanding that, 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 that sometimes people only ride with you because you're paying for the gas. That went whoop. Yeah. You stop paying for the gas at four and a quarter, a gallon, and ask them to help chip in and see how many are ready to ride. I mean that in a literal and in a figurative sense. When you start to put people to the test or you hold them accountable, you'll see how many people got you. I believe we learned that in this text. Because in his dying breaths and moments, he knew who he could call on. Because when the test presented itself, the other people who called themselves friend didn't even show up. Some people don't want you to know they're going to fail the test. They won't show up to take it. That's what happened in this text. They said, I, I'm just going to leave you guessing. And see, this is where, we, where that humanity fails us. Because a lot of us won't fully believe something unless we see it. We doubt our intuition. We even doubt the spirit because we got to see it. And so sometimes God will provide us with evidence. This was evidence. And John showed up. Amen. Let us stand.